0: Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Thank you. I'm going to ask Zania to come up. She had a testimony from, um, from Friday night. Let's welcome Zania she comes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I meant blessings.
1: You. Whew. Whew, it's heavy here. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so humbled. The, when you hear God's heartbeat, all you hear is souls, 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 and souls. And he's faithful. And you've got to be specific with God. Um, Friday for Beyond the Grave, you know, we were on our way to uh, the play. And um, I tell Alonzo, Alonzo, I want God to give me one lady. You know, there's full of youth full of young people, but I said I was very specific, Pastor. Yeah. I said, I want one woman that has never prayed the sinner's prayer. So we get here and I'm trying to make a long story short because it's very humbling. God is faithful. He hears you. We have to be specific and we don't we don't need to doubt. We have to become like children. Well we sat in that back row over there and um and so we just I'm just looking at the heads and every you know the lights go off before the lights went off. And uh, uh, my husband is very prophetic, Alonzo, and scary. When he tells me to do something, I better listen. (laughs) Because when I I disobey, then anyway, he said, see that lady with the white hair and blue jacket? And uh, so I looked, and it was an elderly lady. And uh, so I just kind of dismissed it. So anyway, during the play, and I said to myself, when Pastor Frank makes the altar call, um, I'm going to see if the lady raises her hand. So it comes the blade was amazing. If you don't, if you've not come to beyond the grave, you have to come. You have to experience it, and not only experience it, you need to come and help at the altar call because there's souls and souls and souls that have not been reached, and you are, are going to be a vessel of honor. And I'm humble because that's what happened Friday night with me. Um, so the altar call comes, and I'm looking, and the little lady just you could. I had, to move. I had to move to see if she'd raise her hand. So she raised like this. <laughs> didn't even go like this. She just kind of went like this. So anyway, so I just, you know, didn't pay attention. So when she goes to the altar, then I'll run to her. Well, I walked to this corner and I kind of looked over, glanced at her, and she had not moved. So uh, I said, okay, I'm going to be bold. So I walked over to her and I said, I saw that you raised your hand. And uh, she says, I did. And I said, would you like me to walk you to the altar? You know, I'll walk, to you, I'll walk with you. And she said, no, I have bad knees. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll stay here with you. So I did. And um, beyond the grave has been, what, 16 years, Pastor? 16 years. God knew. February 28th. This precious lady, she lives in Metairie, am not going to mention names, 89 years old. Wow. 89 years old, and uh, when I got the chance to pray with her, I blessed her. And she said, God's been good to me all my life. But I didn't know I needed to pray the sinner's prayer to go to heaven. So here she's 89 years old.
0: She hadn't heard about being born again. And though.
1: she had never known that she had to be born again. No. So God is merciful. Some of y'all are waiting for loved ones to enter in. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. Keep praying for your loved ones. God, you 89 years old, and this is not the, this is not the end because God is a master engineer. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Yeah. No one has an excuse. No one. People that go to hell, because they choose to go to hell. Because God makes a way. 89 years old, you know, and she comes to beyond the grave and gets saved. But I asked, you know how we had to fill out the form? So I filled out the form, and she gave me the name of the street. And I looked at her, and I said, oh, my goodness. You know, I have an uncle and aunt that lived there for 40 years. Comes to find out that she knew my uncle and my aunt they played cars, they played games as couples. So God knew <laughs> that I had to be the one <laughs> wow. to consolidate that lady. <laughs> wow. And so it's exciting. You know, come please, come to be part of Beyond the Grave. It's souls, souls, souls for Jesus. Amen. Thank you,
0: Lord. Amen. Oh. Bless you, thank, you. thank you. Wow. Mercy of God. You know, some people he keeps some just to help keep them long time alive just so they can get saved. <laughs> it's really from God's perspective the only thing that really matters at the end of time at the end of it all. Thank you Lord. Lord, thank you God for your love for us. Thank you Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray today Lord that you'd just give us a sense of your of your nearness here today, Lord God, and give everyone here a sense of your nearness. Um you know, I got, again, Friday night I got here and I was walking around praying and the Chandler and his band were practicing and singing songs and, um, um, you know, I don't want to sound goofy or weird, you know, some t- you know, some people think we get weird or goofy around here, but I try not to be goofy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, um, but I was walking around, you know, and I, I went up to Devin, Pastor Devin, and I said, Devin, have y'all been, have y'all been in the smoke machine yet? And he said, no, we haven't. Tried it out yet? And, so I, and I kept looking around. I kept taking my glasses off, trying to clean my glasses off. They were like I couldn't see in here. You know, it was like something's on my glasses. And I kept seeing fog in the building, and um, and so then I walked. I walked up to the platform. I had the only person I'd spoken to was Devin, and the Chandler stopped playing his guitar. He says, "Hey, hey pastor, do you see that cloud in here?" That's <laughs> pretty scary, yeah, and. Uh, you know, the, the, whether, whether you can see or feel in the natural, the different evidences of his presence, he's here right now. The presence of the Lord is here right now, and it's, it's, he's here just the same when, when Jesus of Nazareth was on earth and he was walking around, and there was something on him. They, call, they didn't call him Jesus the Messiah or Jesus the Anointed One. Jesus the Christ means Jesus the Anointed One. They didn't call him that for nothing. <laughs> they called him Jesus, the, the anointed one, because there was something unmistakable upon his life. There was a manifest glory of presence on him that would bring a sense of God into the room. And that, that sense of God is in his local church now. It's When we gather together, here he's in our midst. When we gather in his name and worship him, His presence—it's like sometimes it's for some people they could say it's like a perfume or it's like a like a heaviness or it's like a cloud or or like a fire or like a river or like the rain. But there's there's an evidence of His presence, and I want to talk to you today about His about the shadow of the Lord, the shadow of the Almighty God, and I'm going to read to you out of Psalm ninety-one, and you know, just try to try to nestle close to the Lord today, get under His shadow today, just. Like I was saying before, just be still and know that he's God. Rest for a few minutes as I share the word of God. Just let his presence settle in on you. You never know what he, he, he can do, something in you that'll totally transform you in just a moment of time. But this is Psalm 91, famous psalm. He who dwells, everyone say dwells. That means the place you live. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. The Almighty is the Hebrew word El Shaddai, will abide under the shadow, under Shaddai's shadow, if you will. He will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence, and he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. And his faithfulness is a shield and a buckler, You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, because you've made the Lord your dwelling place. The Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, nor plague come near your tent." For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I'll protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I'll rescue him and honor him with long life. Well, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So this is the shadow of the Almighty. Now, and of course, in the Old Testament, in, the, in these Davidic Psalms, you hear about the shadow of the Almighty. You talk about under the shadow of his wings. The wings, if you don't know what he's talking about, in the in the in the Tabernacle, there was the Ark of the Covenant where the priest would put, apply the blood on the mercy seat once a year. It was in the holiest of all where the, the Shekinah glory, the manifest glory of God, would dwell. And over this mercy seat were the two cherubim, the angels with their wings. So these David Psalms he's talking about coming near to the glory of the Lord and getting under the shadow of the wings of the mercy seat. And for us in the New Testament it's a picture of just us drawing near in his in his gathered believers in the local church where the glory of God comes. The Old Testament, it was a tabernacle in the New Testament. It's the local church and we come together like we're doing this morning and we can come under the the shadow of His presence and rest under the nearness of Almighty God. I want to talk to you this morning about this shadow and just let it minister to you. I I read a devotion this week by um, Charles Spurgeon and I took a a segment of it and put it in one of my blogs. I'm going to read you a portion. I'm not going to read the whole thing, and a portion of my blog from this week about prayer's shadow. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Prayer reminds us of how things really are. God is the giver. We are the receivers. That is why prayer glorifies God. It looks to Him as the supplier of every good gift. Prayer destroys pride by acknowledging Total dependency upon the Lord. That's, that's what happens when we, when we pray or when we worship. We're, we're acknowledging I am dependent on you, God, for everything. Every good gift, every perfect gift, my life, Lord, comes from you. My breath, my air, my next moment of life, my next heartbeat, Lord. I'm in, in you. It's in you I live and move and have my being, God. And prayer acknowledges that, acknowledges that. I'm not independent. I'm in the hand of the Lord. So here's some, here's a short quote from, from the blog that I was, th- from um, Spurgeon's devotion. He says, prayer, listen carefully to this, prayer is always the preface to blessing. Now what this is saying is when God's bringing blessings into your life, when He has a plan to bring blessing into your life, and He has all cor- sorts of blessings that He's planned to bring into your life, and when He wants to implement those plans, He, He press, precedes it with a, with a call to prayer. He precedes it by anointing you and putting it in your heart to pray because the prayer is connected to the fulfilled blessing. It's very this is good. It goes before the blessing as the blessing's shadow. Prayer is the shadow of the blessing itself. It's sure it's connected to it. You can't separate the shadow from the substance. When the sunlight of God's mercy rises upon our necessities, it casts the shadow of prayer far down upon the plain. Or to use another illustration, when God piles up a hill of mercies, He Himself shines behind them and He casts on our spirits the shadow of prayer so that we may rest certain. If we are much in prayer, our pleadings are the shadows of mercy. Prayer is thus connected with the blessing to show us the value of it. If we have the blessings without asking for them, we should think them common things. But prayer makes our mercies more precious than diamonds. The things we ask for are precious, but we do not realize their preciousness until we've sought for them earnestly. Prayer makes the darkened cloud withdraw. Prayer climbs the ladder that Jacob saw, gives exercise to faith and love, brings every blessing from above. I love that illustration. Prayer is the shadow that precedes God's blessing. It's encouraging to me. Why, you ask? Because we have been experiencing in our church a new desire to seek the Lord in prayer for an outpouring of His Spirit on New Orleans. That is the shadow of coming revival. If prayer is the shadow of God's blessing, revival is on the horizon. Maybe you have some challenges that you've been bringing to the Lord in prayer. Rest, under His shadow. The answer is part of the blessing of prayer. So, I just, you know, I did a little word search and looked up this shadow and the way it's used in the Bible. And I wanted to read a couple of those passages to you this morning that talks about the, the shadow of the Lord. And I want you to just to, to let it soak into your spirit. One of these verses may be specifically for you. You know, I was thinking… Um, as I spoke earlier about, about resting and waiting on the Lord, I was thinking about the first word, the first official word I received from the Lord. It was in 1975 or 76 when Dick Mills first visited our Bible school and he called me out. Paris had us stand up in the, in the audience and he spoke a word over us and he said out of Psalms, he said, I think it's Psalms 46, stand still and know that I am God. Be still, know that I am God. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And that was, it was it an was incredible word of, of rest and comfort to me that God would be God in my life and He would fulfill His purposes in my life that I could cease striving and know that He is God and just rest in the Lord. So a word can change you. So this morning, the shadow. Let's let's look at. We were we were singing about intimacy. Courtney was singing this song about, about true love. Jesus, I long to know true love, and He's let let me kiss me with the kisses of Your mouth. Draw me into Your banqueting chamber. Intimacy. You know, some folks are are scared of, of intimacy. They keep the shield up. They don't want to be, they don't want to open their life up to anyone else. They don't want to open their life up to the Lord. Vulnerability is a scary thing to some folks, to really to all of us at some point in our life. But God begins to strip away the, the, the facades and strip away the walls because He wants to, to have our heart. He wants intimacy. He wants transparency with us. He wants to draw us into this place And so this shadow of intimacy from Song of Solomon 2, 3, as an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. With great delight, I sat in his shadow. With great delight. Yeah, I'm just going to come sit under the the shadow of my Lord today. I'm going to rest under the shadow of the Lord and, and let his, let his presence, let the radiance of his love. Do you you know what I'm talking about? Am I speaking? Oh no, no, that's, I was talking in, in English, speaking in English. You thought I was speaking in tongues. That was English. Your ears are just clogged up. What, what, what I was, let me say it again. What I'm saying again, rest under his shadow. Rest and be still under his shadow and let his love the penetrating rays of His radiant beams, that shine from the face of Jesus, let them penetrate into your heart and bring healing and recovery, emotional healing and recovery to the depths of your soul, the parts of you that have been wounded and hurting. Let the beams of His love get under the shadow, under the shadow of His love. He's here today. Let His love touch you and minister into you. Psalm seventeen, eight. David said it like this, keep me as the apple of your eye. It's the apple of your eye, the very center of your affections, Lord, that your eye is focused in turn. The eyes of the Lord's. Woo! Of Creator, this omnipotent one that we talked about last week. The eyes of the Lord are, are, are trained in and focused right on me, right on you. He's, his penetrating eyesight is focused like a beam of light on my soul. Keep me in the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow under the shadow of your, of your wings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Under his shadow, the place of love, the place of hugs and warmth and acceptance and healing and recovery in your presence, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. It's this place of the shadow. It's the place of exceeding joy for you've been my help. David said in Psalm 63-7, "This is one of my top top favorite psalms, Psalm 63. "For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy," David said. "Wow, what was that ca- song Courtney was singing this morning? You haven't known me till you've known my joy? Sikama se, trete. He, now that was the Lord talking, is what it was in that song. "You haven't known me until you've known my joy." You, have, you haven't known me till you've tasted my joy. You haven't known me intimately till you've tasted my joy. Because joy emanates from the very heart of the Father. He's the, he's the happy God that sits in the heavens and laughs. He is. Paul called him, the, the, the King James tried to clean it up to make it somewhere relig- religious. He called him the blessed God. If you t- t- translated Paul's words literally, he's called the, the happy God. The happy God, Sikabotore. Yeah, so you don't know him until you've tasted the joy of the Lord, and that joy emanates Simbarasa. You cannot stay in His presence, in the manifest presence of the Lord, for extended periods of time without moving from sadness. Now, typically, this is what happens. Typically, this this is what happens when someone comes into to the, to the place of His anointing and they're going through depression or sad times. They've gone through hurtful things and we, we all have. We all have bouts with sadness and depression, some more more prone to it than others. And, you know, when you come into the place of His presence with, with depression on you and you start to, to allow, instead of letting the joy repel you, you start to, to come under it and you get under it. A lot of times what will happen first is the fountains of of your tears will be released, and you'll just begin to cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. It's all, that often happens, but you'll come to the end of your tears. You'll empty your tears will be emptied, and you'll then you'll trans then there there'll be a you'll then you'll step over. There'll be a stepping over. You'll step over the sadness of hearts. You'll take off the, the garment of heaviness and you'll put on the, 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 the mantle of joy and celebration. The joyful celebration mantle be placed upon you. It's what happens in the Anointing. It happens over and over again. If you're, if you're still experiencing sadness of heart, just get under, the, get under the spout for a little bit longer. Then just let the tears come. Don't try to hold them back. If you're sad, let the tears come. Go ahead and cry. It's a, it'll be a spiritual cleansing, the cleansing of your soul. Tears come for a reason. Don't hold them in. Let it come. And then he will come with the joy of the Lord. And you'll find shouting and joyful celebration. Even, even may, maybe your hurtful circumstances haven't changed yet. But they won't be on you anymore. And they won't be in you anymore because our joy comes from the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, we're digging around this shadow place. It's a place of equipping for our work. It's a place of empowering and equipping. Isaiah 51, he says, I've put my words in your mouth, and I've covered you in the shadow of my hands. She combust the shadow of his hand. This is the, the hand of the Lord as a picture It's used all in the Old Testament for the, for the anointing. It's what Ezekiel said, the hand of the Lord. So Ezekiel talked about it all the time. The hand of the Lord came upon me. The hand of the Lord came upon me, Ezekiel said. It says in Act, Acts chapter 11 that the hand of the Lord was upon the church in Antioch. I want that to be said about me. The hand of the Lord was upon me. The hand of the Lord was on that church on Airline Highway. The hand of the Lord's. I've put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow. Woo! The shadow. I look at his shadow. It's just I can see it on right there on the floor. It's shadow is coming to cover you. The shadow of my hand. I've covered you in the shadow of my hands. Establishing the heavens and laying the foundations of the earth and saying to Zion, you are my people. So he's put his words in he puts his words in your mouth. He puts his gifts his abilities, he releases his power, his unction and his anointing under the shadow of the Lord. I love it. It's like the, it's the most incredible thing. You come under his anointing and, you know, the tears come, the joy comes, the, the, the presence comes, the satisfaction comes, and at the same time, he's doing stuff in us. He's healing us, delivering us, equipping us, putting gifts into our life, pouring power and anointing and vision and vision, putting his visions and dreams in our life. Under the hand of the Lord, it's not only a place of joy and celebration, as that's going on, unbeknownst to us, oftentimes, He's depositing depositing His gifts and impartations in our soul for His glory and for His work. Hallelujah. Yeah, going on here, we're in the Lamentations, Jeremiah had a, a word about the shadow of the Lord. He says, the breath of our nostrils, just breathe like that. Just sniff, come on. Sniff, come on. Yeah. The breath of our nostrils, the Lord's anointed was captured in their pits of whom he said, we said, under his shadow, Woo! under his shadow, we shall live among the nations. Yeah, we're living amongst the nations right now. Oh, the nations are in upheaval. That nations are in rebellion against our God. They're trying to cast off every semblance of restraint of our God's. Our nation is trying to cast off the, the foundations and the moorings of our founding fathers, trying to throw away the faith of our fathers. We live in the midst of godlessness on the left and on the right, and the only way we can survive as a people in that place is under the shadow of His hand. It's our only hope to restur- return ourselves to the to the. Former to the wells of our fathers and, and drink from those ancient wells of our fathers, and to live under the shadow of his hand, so near that we can hear the, the snorting of his breath. Yes, we can hear the snorting and the breathing of the Father, of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. You know, I love that. You know, I was thinking this morning, I kept hearing as we were praying over the service and I kept thinking, you know, I was encouraging the worshipers and the musicians that you never know who's here, you never know what someone's going through, the crisis people are facing. We're ministering to an audience of one here today and as I was thinking that I heard, heard the Lord saying, I am the God of Lazarus. That's what I kept hearing, and I remember Jesus. Do you remember Jesus when he was approaching Lazarus' tomb? Something you might not even remember that was in there as he was coming away and heading to Lazarus' tomb to go and command the stone to be rolled away. It says that Jesus was snorting. It says says that in the Bible. Go check it out. It says he was snorting. He was breathing out. He was, ex- he was, the anointing was stirring up inside of him and he's just snorting out all of these emotions. He's still snorting resurrection life right now all around you. If you get close enough, you can hear the breath of his nostrils. If you get close enough, you might hear him whisper what he whispered to the apostles in the upper room. Receive the Holy Ghost. Go embrace the breath of his nostrils, breathing life into us. Under the shadow, it's how we live amongst the nations. It's our only hope living in this crazy, goofed up culture that we're in today. They can't even figure out which is the boys' bathroom and the girls' bathroom. They can figure it out. Yeah. Hosea 14:7. The place of prosperity, they shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flirt. look at this, the place, under the shadow. Everyone say, under the shadow. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They're gonna return. There's gonna be a turning. They're gonna return. Oh, the people that have strayed away. Oh, the charismatic full gospel movement over the last few years that's strayed away to try to to drink from the wells of modern secularism and relativism rather than the foundation of their Pentecostal charismatic faith. They're gonna return to the shadow. Of El Shaddai's shadow as they recognize the foolishness of trying to build God's church man's way. And they go back to the Lord's. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. oh prophesy. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow in the days to come, saith the Lord's. They shall return, my people shall return and dwell beneath my shadow in the days to come, saith the Lord's. And then they shall prosper and flourish like the grain they shall blossom like the vine and her fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Do it again, lords. Breathe your breath on your sons and your daughters upon all flesh. Return to the shadow of El Shaddai, to the place of God's outpouring and restoration. Hallelujah. Christe Hallelujah. Acts 5.15. We're talking about the shadow of the lords. This is the outpouring, that initial outpouring in Jerusalem, the harvest began to come to a crest. It was like a, a wave that started in the upper room in chapter 2, 3, 4, and f- we see in chapter 5 like a, a cresting wave swamping the whole region around Jerusalem with a mighty wave of signs, wonders, and miracles, and salvations touching that whole region. And it says it got to the point that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them." And was, you read that whole story, and it, ta- it talks about they were, they were coming from Judea and the out, around, surrounding towns, villages, and cities into Jerusalem and, and lining the streets like a parade. It was like thick with people everywhere coming to get under the anointing, it was upon this early church that was filled with resurrection power. And they knew that if they could get close enough under the influence that the the shadow of God would come upon them, and it would stir something in their soul. It was like touching the hem of Jesus' garment. It was like the the cloth being sent out from from Paul's coats. It was like the spittle that Jesus spit and rubbed it on someone's eyes. It's the power of God flowing out. Oh, His residue is in this house. You better be careful. His residue is on that pew you're sitting on. It's on the carpet in this floor. It's in the very air of this building. It's in the music that's coming out. It's a residue of heaven. It's the shadow of the Lord. The shadow of El Shaddai is in this place. Kimba sore. Hallelujah. And I'll finish, I'm going to finish and have some time to pray and p- pray for people. Matthew seventeen five. 5, while Jesus went up, he took, let me get my, I'm going to read this little short passage here, Matthew 17. This is um, one of the most awesome stories. Jesus took so, a couple of his disciples up on the mountain. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and his brother, that would be James and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. No, wait a second. Peter, James, and John, his brother. Okay, John, Peter, John, and John. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Have to, there's three of them. Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. This word transfigured is our word metamorphosized. He was transfigured. He was metamorphosized. There was a transformation in front of them of his, the, his very visage, his appearance. This, the inner, that he was like the inner manifest, the glory of his, the manifestation of what was in him began to take over the outward and he began to shine as if he was already in his resurrected state. He didn't have on his, he wasn't in his resurrected state, but he was shining as if he was in his resurrection. It was a foreshadowing of about, about was about a foreshadowing of things about to take place when he was raised from the dead in his glorified body and sat down at the right hand of the Father and took his place of glory at the Father's right hand. It was a foreshadowing of this. He was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. This happens, the shining face, it was shining like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, now so you think that, that we talk about goofy stuff, this is pretty goofy, you have to admit, and it's in the Bible. He was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. So it's affecting the garments on his body, his the garment. The clothes that he was wearing were being affected by the, by the glory shining out from him. And behold, there appeared to them, look at this, now this is really weird, Moses and Elijah appeared. They'd been gone a long time, folks. Moses and Elijah were standing there. So Jesus is lit up, his face looks like the sun, his clothes were shining, glory was shining out from him. Moses and Elijah were standing with him. If you look in Luke's translation, it says they were talking about his exodus, talking about his death. Moses and Elijah were standing there talking to Jesus about his death, which was about to happen. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, what a knucklehead. It's good that we're here. If you wish, I will make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them." Woo! The glory, the shadow, El Shaddai's glory cloud, the shadow of the Lord came and overshadowed them. And a voice from the clouds and said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to Him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and they were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, rise and have no fear. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. You know, in this place of the shadow of the Lord, the the residue of his presence that rests upon his church, it's on his word, it's on his worship, it's strongly revealed in the gathering of his local church. In that place of the shadow of the Lord where you begin to sense something, Sense something. You sense his presence. You might not see anything with the natural or hear anything with your ears or you might not see or smell anything. But you may, may or not, any of that might not happen. But if you're spiritually awakened, you begin to sense the nearness of his presence in the house. He's here right now. You start to sense his presence. And in and, and, and that, that very, the, the sensing in that, in that place where you begin to sense his presence, Christ begins to be revealed. It's it's the revelation and the exaltation of this person, Jesus Christ. It's all about that. It's all about lifting up Jesus. Christ becoming the focus and the center of our life. Him becoming the focus and center of why we do what we do. Touching Him and Him touching us. Christ becomes the, the center of everything. He becomes transfigured before us. We're not worried about a tabernacle for this and a tabernacle for that. We open our eyes and we only see Jesus now. It's all Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. In times past, he spoke to us through the prophets, but today he's spoken to us in the person of his son, in this person Jesus Christ. Yeah, he loves he loves you and he has a plan of healing and restoration for your life. He wants to heal your broken hearts. He wants to heal your broken family. He wants to restore your dreams. He wants to pick you up if you've given up on the dreams that you once had. He wants to pick you up and breathe fresh life. And He wants to tell you that He is the, He is the author and finisher of your faith. And and His, the gifts, the, listen to me, the gifts and the calling of God, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. The gifts and the calling of God are without Repentance. What God spoke to you years ago is still in effect. Embrace his shadow. Draw near to the shadow of God. Let him put you under his hand. Let him equip you and empower you and orchestrate your life. Amen. Amen. Let's stand in his presence, you Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.